Jesus laid out a pattern early in his ministry and the disciples saw this and he said it over and over and over again. Now he's saying, okay, just as I was sent, I'm now going to send you. And just as I behaved under the authority of my father, I expect you to behave under the authority of me. This is, this is what the church is about, to do the will of the Father under the authority of Jesus Christ. This is Nita Erlene, and you are listening to the TRC Ministries Podcast. We are in the middle of a series called Commissional Church, in which Tori Bjorklund, president of TRC Ministries, is teaching on the purpose and function of the church. In today's message, we see that Jesus lived the example we are to follow. Just as Jesus did nothing on his own, but only the will of the Father, so we, the Church of Jesus, are to operate under his authority, in the same vibrant relationship with Jesus that he displayed with the Father, to do the will of God here on earth. Here is Tori, teaching at Caravan Fellowship in Part 5 of Commissional Church. The previous two weeks, I talked about the purpose of the church is to provide an ecosystem or habitat for the operation of the life of God that is in the children of God. So to provide a place for us as individuals to gain what we need for the life that is within us that was given to us by God. And the function of the church was to operate as the expression of the life of God on this earth. Just as you live your life through your body, Jesus Christ is living his life through his body on the earth today. So this is where we we left off, and that's probably the simplest way I could state it for you. So John chapter 5, if you go with me to John chapter 5, and somebody read 17 through 21 for me, please. In his defense, Jesus said to them, My father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. Now just before we go on, I don't know if anybody remembers what the issue is here in John chapter 5, but Jesus just healed somebody on the Sabbath. And they were, they were upset about Jesus breaking the Sabbath. Go ahead. For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own Father, making himself equal with God. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his Father doing, because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these, so that you will be amazed. Verse 21 through 21. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. All right. So... Let's also jump to verse 30 and read that. John chapter 5, verse 30. I'll go ahead and read that. I can do nothing on my own initiative. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And then finally, if you just jump to John 6, verse 38. Chapter 6, verse 38. Jesus makes an interesting statement here. I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Do you remember Jesus in the garden praying? And do you remember what he prayed? What did he pray? 
Father, please take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. By the way, did it ever occur to you that there were two wills involved here? Did you notice that? It's pretty clear. And so this is an interesting thing. Uh, we don't have time to discuss it too much today, but uh, I just wanted to point that out. That's for free. So here's the thing that I want to point out. Jesus right here is speaking to authority. Now, there's places where they actually asked him, where did you get the authority? And he didn't answer that directly, by the way. If you remember what he, what he said, you a question. You remember that? They said, by, by whose authority do you do this? And he said, let me ask you a question. By whose authority did John do what he did? And they punted on that one. And so he said, neither will I tell you by what authority. But it wasn't because they didn't know. That's exactly right. Jesus was not. He was he, he, they were not asking the question that they wanted to ask. I mean, they didn't, they, they didn't want an answer to the question. They were trying to trap him. But here's the thing. Um, Jesus here is speaking about authority. And what is his basis? That, what's the assertion that Jesus is making here about authority? God the Father is his authority. And how does he make that point? I'm working, I'm not doing my own work here, right? But I'm doing somebody else's work. I'm doing the work of him who sent me, the Father. So he is explicitly placing his actions, the activities that he is involved in, under the authority of God because he has himself submitted his actions to the will of God. So this is a picture of Jesus recognizing the authority of God. That's God's authority being on display. Okay? Now, I want to come out and tell you what I, what I want to say today, and that is the mission of the church is to do the will of the Father on earth just as it's being done in heaven. I was really excited about this idea of the church being here to do the will of the Father on earth just like it's being done in heaven. And this is really an extension of the kingdom of God. Now, we've talked in the past about the kingdom of God, and I, I won't talk about it extensively today, but there are kings. I was asking Naomi the other day, are there any kings in the world today? There's a king of Saudi Arabia. I don't know his name. There's a king, Abdullah, somewhere in the Middle East. If we knew the king's name, we would refer to, like, say, when there was a King George, for example, you would refer to the kingdom of King George, right? And then if you said, okay, King George was the king over what? England, Great Britain, okay? So we would say the kingdom of Great Britain, and those meant the same thing, or the kingdom of England, that meant the same thing. One was referring to the one who ruled over that realm. The other is referring to the realm over which the ruler rules. And so the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God is exactly the same thing. One is the realm, the other is the ruler, is a reference to it. And the idea here is the kingdom of God is the place in which God rules. And so we have the opportunity to extend the kingdom of God into our life and into the life of those around us and into our community through 
the expression of the body of Christ on this earth, as well as individually, but this is part of the mission of the church. So, and, and how does this relate to the mission of Jesus? As the body of Jesus, we are to act as the expression of the life of Jesus. That's what we talked about last week, which is what? To do his will or to do the works of God. So here's the thing that I want to really get us to get a grasp on. And we're going we're gonna to look at some other places in John where Jesus was speaking to try to do this. But here's what I wanted to get us a grasp on. Jesus worked in an interactive manner on a day-in and day-out basis in concert with his heavenly Father by admitting his will to the will of God in every situation that he encountered. Jesus was in an interactive relationship with his Father, and it drove the decisions that he made on a case-by-case -case basis, on a day-by-day -day basis. The things that I do, he says, are what I see my Father doing. The things that I say are what I hear my father saying. If you go to John 7, you see, it, see him saying this again. My teaching is not my own, John 7, 16, but his who sent me. But here's an interesting thing. If we go to John 7, 16, if anyone is willing to do his will, the one who sent him, John 7, 16, my teaching is not my own, but his who sent me. If anyone is willing to do his will... He will know of the teaching, whether it is of God or whether I speak from myself. He who speaks from himself seeks his own glory, but he who is seeking the glory of the one who sent him, he is true, and there is no unrighteousness in him. So there's a principle here and that he's laying out. He is saying that when you are acting on your own behalf, you are seeking your own glory, when you are acting on another's behalf, you are seeking the glory of that person for whom you are acting. Do you see that? So, if the person for whom you are acting is true, and you are acting according to his authority and his will, in other words, you are actually doing what he wants you to do, then what you do will be true, will be correct. So Jesus is saying that the, the basis for the correctness of his teaching is grounded in the fact that he is doing the will of God. If we go back to what we read in John 5, for example, 530, I can do nothing on my own initiative. Now, was that a statement of his ability? No, it wasn't that he, I mean, he could have. But he has made it his policy to not do anything on his own initiative. Remember, he told his disciples, he said, don't you realize I could call down from heaven a whole bunch of angels? You remember him saying that? It wasn't a matter of his ability to do this when he says, I can do nothing on my own initiative. It was a matter of this is his set path. This is the decision he has made not to call down angels in the time of distress, but to do nevertheless my Father's will and not mine. Okay, And so here we have Jesus laying out a pattern of operation for him, and here's the point, and for his body going forward. That means us. That means us. It's imperative that we are connected 
in a, an interactive, dynamic relationship with him, with Jesus Christ, as a church, in order to do his will here on earth, which is to do the Father's will here on earth. Let's take a look at, um, like I said, I wish we could read from 13 through 17. And I'm going to ask you to, to do this. Um, if, you, if you go through, in fact, you could read the whole book of John, but, but specifically, if you go and you look through 5, 6, 5 and 6, and, and then you go and you read 13 through 17, what you will see is Jesus describing the pattern of his life here on earth in the presence of his Father and himself submitting to the authority of God the Father here on earth. And now, as we go into chapter 13, for example, verse 14, he is now telling his disciples that they will be acting in the same way with him as he acted with his Father. The pattern that he carried out here on the earth will be the pattern that he will expect them to carry out when he has left the earth. Okay, look at John 13, verse 14. This is Jesus, this is the upper room. And he's reaching the end of his life. He's about to be betrayed by Judas Iscariot. And he has just a limited time to teach them. And he says, okay guys, this is the accelerated course right now. In verse 14, this is where he's now washing the feet of the disciples. And he says, if I then, the Lord and teacher, Wash your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Verse 15, for I gave you an example that you also should do as I did to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a slave is not greater than his master, nor is one who is sent greater than the one who sent him. Okay, we have established first, Jesus was sent by his father, right? And Jesus is about to send them. And the whole premise of Matthew 18 is that he is sending his church to do something. And this is now the, the transitional phase. And you'll see that as, as you read this on your own. He starts saying, okay, here's, here's the way I'm talking to you now. Here's the way we're interacting now. In fact, this is the place where he says, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. Verse 17, he said, if you know things, you are blessed if you do them. The slave is not greater than his master, nor is one who is sent greater than the one who sent him. Uh, verse 20, just jump forward a little bit. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who receives whomever I send receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. Do you see the chain of command now? You see the connection? Jesus laid out a pattern early in his ministry, and the disciples saw this, and he said it over and over and over again. Now he's saying, okay, just as I was sent, I'm now going to send you, and just as I behaved under the authority of my Father, I expect you to behave under the authority of me. This is, this is what the church is about, to do the will of the Father under the authority of Jesus Christ. All right, let's go to John 14, verse 10. Now, the disciples at this point, they're starting to get a little confused, but you can see the lights coming on. They're starting to go, aha. You know, because they said, he said, where, I've, where I'm going, you won't be able to go. And they're like, 
Why can't we follow you? You know, okay, chapter 14, verse 10, he says, Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his works. Did you catch that? The I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now, here's the thing. The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his work. Whose works were they? The Father's works, okay? Then he said, now, we're going to take the next link in the chain here. And what did he say? Whatever you ask, I will do. He is going to be doing work in those in whom he dwells through those in whom he dwells, in the same way that the Father does the work in him. And this is why when you see in 14, we won't get into all of that, where he talks about this abidingness, I and you, you and me, me and the Father. Colossians chapter 3, since therefore you've been raised up with Christ, keep thinking about those things, right? But he said, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. There's the chain of command, the connections here. All right, let's go to chapter 16 real quick, verse 13. I'm trying to catch the highlights here. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. Okay, so part of the role of the Holy Spirit is to provide the connection in that dynamic relationship, just like Jesus had to the Father, so that he could act not on his own initiative, but under the initiative of the Father. He will glorify me, for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. The thing that I, I, I really... Well, let's read one more set of verses and then I'll, I'll summarize it. John 16, verse 25 through 27. Again, I just really encourage you, read 13 through 17. Read that whole discourse. By the way, 17 is where he's praying now. And he, and he prays all of this that he just got done saying to them. And, and then read what he said about his relationship to the Father. And I mean, he starts in, in chapter 4, by the way. Remember when, when the disciples came back from the town in Samaria? They came back with food? And Jesus said, hey, I, I've got food that you don't know anything about. Remember that? When he was met the woman at the well? And they wondered if somebody had given him food. And he said, my food is to do the will of the Father who sent me. This is, this is the beginning of this whole discourse. Okay, if you compare these two, what you will see is Jesus laid down a pattern in the presence of his disciples. And then he turned to them at the end and said, now, what you saw me do in the presence of my Father, you do in my presence. John 16, 25 through 27. These things I have spoken to you in figurative language. 
An hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figurative language, but will tell you plainly of the Father. In that day, okay, when is that hour, do you think? When is that hour? Okay, let me re read it again. Verse 25, these things I have spoken to you in figurative language. An hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figurative language, but will tell you plainly of the Father. When is that? I think is actually referring to when the Holy Spirit discloses to them what he is saying, when it's clear. Anyway, in that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I will request of the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from the Father. Okay, so if I could draw a picture for you, I think it would look like a chain or something. This is Jesus in the early chapters of John and, and throughout the Gospels. You see him submitting himself to the Father. And in these chapters, you see him taking the, his apprentices and saying, now, you saw this in me, do the same thing. And you might remember John 10.25. Somebody read John 10.25. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me. In whose name did Jesus act? His, father. his Father's name, and that was his point. I'm not acting in my own name. Do you remember? I'm not, he didn't say it exactly in those words there. In here he did. But he was acting in the name of the Father. And this is what next week I hope to go into, what it means to act in the name of Jesus, to come together in the name of Jesus, to be in the name of Jesus, acting. So Jesus did that in the name of the Father. And then he's now transferring that same concept to his disciples. This is the connection that I want to make here, transferring that same concept to the disciples and say, now you go out and act in my name. Do you see that? The connection here is... Jesus did not do anything without the Father. He didn't do anything on his own initiative. And the point here is that we need to have that same mentality that we will not do anything as individuals, but also as a church without the initiative coming from Jesus Christ. And in an interactive way. This is what Jesus modeled. This is what Jesus taught. This is what Jesus expected us to do. Now, my teachings are not my own, but my father's, right? Okay, didn't mean that I'm hearing something in my ear and I'm speaking it out, but there's times when he spoke in that kind of language. But there's also the idea that there was bigger principles here that he is bringing in the name of his father that aren't necessarily a word-for-word -word transliteration coming into his mind as he's speaking them. But there's places, for example, where it says he could not do many miracles Remember that? He was in uh, Galilee, and he couldn't do many miracles because they didn't believe in him. Well, what's that about? Well, I think that he couldn't because his father did not give him the right, did not give him freedom to do as many miracles as he gave him freedom to do elsewhere. Does that mean that he didn't have the power to do those miracles? Probably not. It probably meant that he... Just like this, I don't do anything except what my father tells me. So the authority of the church is the topic this week and next week.
and authority of the church. And we'll talk about what does it mean to ask in Jesus' name. That's next week. Thanks for listening in today. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. And for more information on TRC Ministries or to contact us, go to www.regenerationcenter.org.